Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'll try not to take up too much time today. Luckily, it's not my words, but it's the Lord's. And so that's enough. Um, but I just, Pastor asked me to speak. I won't be too long today. But when I, I was thinking about what to talk about this week, the Lord kept speaking to me. And I don't know about you, but the Lord sometimes just speaks to me through one word. And sometimes it can be patience. Sometimes it can be um, stop, go, wait. We've talked a lot about that here in the past couple of weeks. But the Lord spoke to me with the word respond. And I thought about that. And I thought about how do I respond to the word of God? How do I respond to the things that are going on in my life? And the Lord spoke to me and he gave me this, this passage. We're going to go to Matthew 14, starting at verse 24. And it says, And straight away Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain about apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out of fear. But straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was down out of the ship, he walked on the water to, to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they were there in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. And when they were, going, and when they, when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of the place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were deceased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as were touched were made perfectly whole. And I read that passage and I thought to myself, gosh, I felt like Peter a lot. I don't know about you, but who's felt like Peter before? So many times in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a trial, desperate for peace, questioning God, easily shifted, waves tossing us back and forth, unable to see clearly what's in front of us. Whether or not the storm is the same for each and every one of us, we all go through something that tests our faith, right? Each and every one of us in here are going through something right now. It's different for each and every one of us. Some of us has a burden on our life. Some of us have a sickness. Some of us have a choice we have to make that we don't want to make, but it's present. But I, I was reminded of James, verses two, starting at James 1, verse 2 through 4. Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience, this is amplified, produces endurance leading to the spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect, completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. And I thought about that verse. 
and it says various trials. That means each and every one of us are going to go through something consistently, more than one thing, because they're inevitable. Trials are a part of life. It's something we cannot escape. But it says through experience, it produces endurance, leading to the spiritual maturity and inner peace. Something to think about. If our experience isn't producing spiritual maturity and inner peace, we might continue to go through the same things. And we might need to ask ourselves, God, why am I going through this? God, I'm struggling with something right now. The burden is still here. I've prayed, and it's still here. I prayed, and it's not going anywhere. But is it giving us spiritual maturity? Do we have inner peace? Peace that only God can give. Not peace that the world can give. Not peace that the result we think will come can give. But the inner peace from God. And I walked, I walked in, I caught the last five minutes of, of uh, Brother, Brother Tackett's lesson, and he talked about faith and its perfect will. And this says completely developed. And he said settled. And I thought that was perfect. Is our response to our trial producing a faith that is completely developed or settled? Are we settled in the word of God? Are we settled in God so much that no matter what our trial is, no matter the circumstance, we are completely trusting him that what's going to happen will be done? Excuse me. And that's going to result in victory over our trial. And it's not a victory that we might ever see. That's something that's going to be hard for us to understand. It's that victory might not be something that we see. But to the generation down the road, when our child looks at us and says, my parents went through that, I can go through this. My parent endured that, I can go through this. That brother went through that, that sister went through that. I can go through this, praise the Lord. The Lord has given each and every one of us a testimony. We are here for a purpose. That's not our own. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to glorify the name of God. Amen. To give him glory, to give him honor. And I like what the scripture says, it consider it nothing but joy. Who feels joy when they're going through a trial? None of us. I, that was a very uh, None of us feel joy. None of us. Because we are so quick to lean into our flesh's response to our circumstance. And our flesh wants to say, just give up. What's the point? You're not going to be healed. I'm looking at healing right there on the first row. Praise the Lord. You're not going to find a job. I'm looking at myself. Let go and the Lord provided a job in my hand. Amen. The God can do a mighty work. It's when we truly believe that it will be done on his time. On his time. The word tells us to count it as joy, but we look at it as punishment. Why do we do that? Why is it punishment? Why is God doing this to me? That's what we ask ourselves. Why doesn't he love me? Why doesn't God care about me that he makes me go through these things? Why do I struggle? I've been faithful. I pay my tithes. Heck, I even pay offering. I, I give at church. My time, my struggles, my worry, I bear it all, but I'm not receiving anything. Why is that? We have to think back. Is the testing of our faith through experience, meaning we're going to experience something. 
each and every one of us, is it producing the endurance, the spiritual maturity and inner peace. That's the result that God wants to see. That no matter what, no matter situation, that we are going to depend on him completely. That no matter the circumstance, the result of that circumstance, we're going to respond with true faith. True faith. We need to shift away from the attitude of blaming God to the attitude of submitting to God. Submission's hard. We talked about submission in our class this morning. Submission's hard. You don't want to submit to your spouse a lot of the times, do you? We don't, because what happens? They're right. I don't want to do it. My wife and I argued this morning, and she goes, you do this, you do this, you don't do this. And I'm like, well, she's right. She's right. And sometimes we have to just say, Lord, you're right. Lord, you're right. I might be wrong, and it sucks, but God, you're right, and you are good. Amen. We have to shift away from our attitude of blame on ourselves, on others, and truly submit to our circumstance that God can do a work. And I think I, I spoke with Pastor this week as well, and he, and he mentioned this verse, and it, and it stuck with me. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9, In this you rejoice greatly. Even thou know for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, which is much more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested and purified by fire, may be found to result in your praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not even see him now, you believe and trust in him, and you greatly rejoice and delight with inexpressible and glorious joy, receiving as a result the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And this you greatly rejoice. That's the joy that was talked about in James. That's the joy. God, I'm going through something, but I'm going to give you glory. I rejoice because you are good. You are mighty. You are faithful and you are true. That's that joy. And if we are not finding joy in our trials, we need to say, okay, I need to go in my prayer closet. Okay, I need to submit a little deeper. Okay, something's not happening and I'm still mad about this. God, I got to pray a little harder. I need to get in my word. I need to read. God has given us the tools to equip us to go through things that are inevitable, as Scripture says. If necessary, that's, that's, that's a big part, if necessary, meaning God will put us through a trial if necessary, but it's not to harm us. God said he doesn't have, his plans aren't to harm us, but to prosper us, to prepare us. We're going through a trial, and it's either going to be to prepare us for something that's to come, or based on our own selfishness, it's going to be to correct us. And we choose how long we're there. Are we going to look at it as preparation for what's to come? Or is it going to be a correction period? We have that authority. We do. And the genuineness of your faith, he wants to know if our faith is real or not. He wants to know. And our response to our circumstance and our trial, that's going to show our genuineness. And he's going to say either, oh, I've prepared. 
I've prepared Sister Joelle. She can go now. Or she's still struggling. She's not happy. She needs a little bit more time in the correction period. We're all there. We've all been there. And it's the longer that we choose to not submit to God that we're going to be in a time of correction. And God just wants to say, submit. That's all we have to do is submit. It's that easy. He'll tell us the rest. He'll guide us. Just as Peter struggled in the water, the Lord reached his hand down and said, come on, I'm right here. All you have to do is lift up. All you have to do is don't doubt. Don't have fear. I'm right here. Why worry? Why? And we need to ask ourselves these questions. One, is our faith superficial? Are we selfish in our faith? If it is, we can't expect to make it through our circumstances. We can't expect to make it through a trial. If we say, this is what I want to happen, Lord, I'm going through something, and this is what I want the result to be, we will never get the will of God in our life. Never. We will always be steps backwards. We'll never be going forward. And if we're not going forward in God, we're going backwards. Do we completely trust God? Because faith without trust is not faith. And trust without faith is not trust. It goes hand in hand. Are we going to trust God whether or not our outcome is to our liking? Whether or not it's in our timeline? Whether or not it's with who we wanted it to be? Whether or not it's how we wanted it to look? Do we trust him enough to say, God, your will will be done. I submit myself to you. Well, our trials, meaning the storm, the storm. And God called Peter, said, come out. Come out on this storm right now. Why would God ask Peter to walk on water in the middle of a storm if God didn't know that he could keep him? Why would he do that? Why would he have him walk on water if he did not know that he would keep him? We need to look at our circumstances like that. Why would God have us walk through something right now if he didn't know that he would keep us? That's, that's, that's an us problem. Because when we step out a little bit, then we start to feel, oh, I feel doubt. Oh, I feel fear. Oh, I'm going to drown. That's us. We put ourselves in that situation. And God is right here on the other side saying, come. My hand's right here. I want to guide you. I want to keep you. You don't have to drown. Come on. We all have the opportunity to walk towards God in the midst of our circumstance. And I thought about Hebrews 11:6, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's impossible. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And we have to ask ourselves, are we diligently seeking the Lord today? Are we saying, God, I'm seeking your will. I'm seeking that your work be done. If God wants us to worship him, meaning to please him as well, don't you think that he wouldn't let us go through something that wasn't intended, one, for our good, or for two, his own good? And his good is far more important than ours. And what did the Lord say? That he's going to give us the desires of our heart? The Lord knows what we need. It's us that has a problem with how things go. The Lord knows. And, and thinking about that verse, 
there's two components of faith in Hebrews 11.6. It's believing that God is and believing that God rewards those who seek him. Are we going to believe that God is to, able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, all that we could ever think or ask? Do we believe that truly? That's part of faith. And do we believe that he rewards those who seek him? Do we believe that God's going to bless us, that our circumstance is, is for something greater than we could ever think? How are we seeking him? Are we seeking him before the storm, praying daily? God, life is so good right now. I give you glory, whatever comes my Are we seeking him only during the storm, when we're down and out? Lord, I need your strength. I need your strength. And when something passes, do we seek him after? God, you've, you've protected me, you kept me, and you removed my circumstance. I'm done. Is that how we respond to our storm? When the waves cease and the sun comes out, we need to give God glory. We need to give him honor. We need to praise his name because he is worthy. He is worthy. He's deserving of the praise. Peter began to drown due to his lack of faith. He began to drown. And the Lord was right there in front of him. Right there. And he drowned. Where's our faith? Because I'm thankful for a God that died on the cross so that he's right here in this room. We, not be, we might not be able to see him, but he lives inside of us. We can call on the name of Jesus and his hand is right there, ready, stretched out, waiting for us. And do we believe that God is? That first part, do we believe? Or are we saying, God, can you heal me? God, can you save me? God, can you change my circumstance? God, can I trust you? Believing that he is and that he can is flipping that. God, you can heal me. God, you can save me. God, you can restore my family. God, you can save my child. God, you can change my circumstance. God, I can trust you. Because you can do all of this and more. Believing that God rewards those who seek him. Meaning we have to seek him. Seek after his perfect will. We can't question. It's not God, can you heal me? We can't question him like that anymore. It's God, you can heal me. And the reward will be that it is done. It is done. Because if our faith is dictated by the results we want, we will never receive what God has in store for us. And I look out to each and every one of us, and God has done something for each and every one of you. And I think, and I thought about what I think it was Brother Micah said last week. If God never answered another prayer, if he only answered 1% of the prayers we asked, would we worship him? Would we give him glory? Would we thank him? Would we still live for him completely? If not, our faith is not strong. We don't have spiritual maturity. We don't have inner peace. And we're not settled. It's not there. God has done enough for us. The simple fact that he died on the cross that, so that we can sit in this room today and give him glory is enough. We don't deserve anything else. 
We don't deserve anything else. But God so freely gives just as he gave himself. And I'm thankful for a God who did that. I worship a God who did that. And like I said, Peter had two options during the storm. He either could trust God or he could drown. Right now, whatever we're going through, we have two options. We can either trust God, we can have faith, or we can drown. Those are our two options. Just as Jesus stretched out his hand, like I said, he died on the cross so that we can reach out to him. We're go- when we're going through something, our response needs to be seeking God. That must be our response. Pray. Pray until you hear from him. I don't know about you, but sometimes the voice of God isn't audible. I don't hear him speaking. Sometimes it's through another person. Sometimes it's um, in my word. It's one verse that just pops out. And if we're not seeking him, we cannot expect to hear his voice. We have to seek fasting, submitting our flesh. That's exactly what we need to do because flesh is the one thing that wants to deter us from having faith. That's the one thing. Our flesh wants to tell us God can't do it. But our faith says God can and he will. So why do we worry? Why do we fear when he is right there waiting on the other side? And I thought about that. And often we think it's easier to let ourselves drown in our own trial than accept what might be on the other side. Because we can't see it. Sometimes it's easier to see the water that you're walking on and say, well, I mean, I'm here. I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know what's waiting for me. Sometimes it's easier to just let go and fall in because that's what we see. But the Lord is wanting to open our eyes to something greater, something more beautiful. He's wanting to part the clouds and bring the sun out so we can walk boldly and freely in his goodness. When we allow God to move in our midst, when we truly submit, calm becomes our circumstance. And who wants that to be their circumstance? Calm. It takes going a little deeper with God. It takes seeking him a little more. If we're not where we need to be, if we're not where we need to be, go a little deeper. If we don't feel peace, go a little deeper. If I'm not stronger tomorrow, today than I was yesterday, I need to go a little deeper. If my faith is still the same yesterday, then I need to go a little deeper. I need to go more into God's word. I need to pray. I need to fast. I need to submit in order to see the work of God be done. He can change and use our circumstance. I'm going to reference back to Matthew 14, uh, verses 34. And then when they were gone over, they came into the land of Genesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out unto all of the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. The response to the trials that the men faced on that ship resulted in the healing of others. And isn't that beautiful? That something that someone else went through 
the testimony that God gave them resulted in the healing. So many people just went to try to touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. That's the power your testimony has. And you can't see it now. It's, it's blinded by the clouds, by the storm, by the lightning, by the waves splashing you in the face. You can't see that. But your testimony is being created for a purpose greater than you could ever think. God is wanting to use each and every one of us, each and every one of our trials, to produce a faith that will be used. Not only a faith inside of us, but a faith in somebody else. Maybe use it as a reminder to ourselves down the road. God, you've healed me once, you can do it again. God, you saved me once, you can do it again. You've transformed my life. You freed me from addiction. You can do it again. There's nothing you can't do, God. And sometimes, like I said, he'll use us in a way we'll never see and never know. And to me, I think that's more powerful than anything. Why? Because that gives God glory, and it doesn't give us glory. We're not able to take that and say, oh, I did that. I went through that. And because of me, somebody else is feeling pretty good right now. No. God deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. And he's worthy. And if our circumstance is never noticed by anybody else but one person, and we never see it, that should be enough. Just as if God never answers another prayer, that should be enough. Why? Because he's worthy. He's done enough for us. He's blessed us. He's kept us. We don't know what the result of our trial is. But what does the scripture say? Count it as joy. God, I find joy right now in what I'm going through. God, I count it as joy that no matter what it is, God, maybe I feel pain right now. Maybe I feel confusion. I don't understand, but I'm counting it as joy, God, because you placed it on my life, oh God, to give you glory, to give you honor, and to give you praise because you're worthy. And I'll close with this verse. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. We have to have faith that what we are going through is, a pur- for, is for a purpose. If we don't believe that, we're going to continually stay in the correction period. What we're going through is for a purpose. And we can't lean on ourselves. We can't lean on our flesh, our own mind. Our trial is not something to be dealt with alone, but it's to be given to God, saying, Lord, I'm going through something. Just take it. God, I can't walk right now. I feel like I'm going to drown. God, pick me up. God, save me. God, carry me. I can't go through this alone. I need you. I'm struggling. I'm hurt. I'm broken. And he's saying, just reach out. Just reach out. I'm right here. My hand is stretched out. I want you. I need you. You're my child. I love you. I love you. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Our trial is meant to give him glory. Our response to the testing of our faith should be to worship him.
presence of God, we can't sit still. Because sometimes when we're going through something, we just want to do this. We can't do that. We need to stretch our hands. Just as God reaches his hand out to us, we need to reach up to him. God, we worship you. I'm going through something, but I give you praise. It's for a greater purpose than I could ever think. And he shall direct thy paths. Allow yourself to be used by God however he sees fit. That means let go of what you expect. Let go of what you want. Let let go of what you see as your future. And let God have his way, his perfect way. Because in the middle of the storm, we have the option to reach out to the hand of God or allow our situation to overtake us. What is our response going to be? What is the result of our faith going to be? Are we going to drown? Are we going to walk on water? God has given us that. He's given us choice. Choice is a powerful thing because it's in our hands. We get to choose. God's done all he can do. We make the decision now. Amen. I feel the spirit of the Lord in here. If you have a need, I want you to come forward and as a singer sing, respond to the spirit of God. Let your faith be moved. Let your faith be fully developed. Let it be settled in heaven that God is good.